Hello, my spooky friends, and welcome back to another episode of After the Ever, your podcast dedicated to all things paranormal and macabre. Whether you're a returning listener or a newcomer, I am thrilled to have you join me, your host, and resident pumpkin queen down the spooky journey. Quick shout out to the Wolfman for snagging me the most amazing piece of furniture this weekend from my spooky office. Thanks, babe. All right, no big life updates or anything. Let's get right into today's macabre episode. Dim the lights, grab your coziest blanket, and light those candles. Because we're about to dive down the rabbit hole of the Danvers State Hospital. Hawthorne Hill in Danvers, Massachusetts harbors a beautiful Kirkbride building with its gothic style and red brick construction. The judge that presided over the Salem witch trials, John Hawthorne, once lived here a few hundred years ago. And perhaps that dark history cursed the building that currently sits on Hawthorne Hill. The facility that once housed Danvers State Hospital is now home to a residential community featuring fully renovated apartments. However, the building's dark past makes it one of the creepiest monuments to a sane asylums in the world. The idea was that the facility would be a self-sustaining building. That means everything that was needed would be on site. The overall design, as it's seen from the air, like if you were looking down from a plane, looked like a bat in mid-flight. The architecture supposedly helped draw breezes through the entire facility. And although the building looked beautiful on the outside, the inside was a completely different matter. Danvers State Hospital was originally called the State Lunatic Asylum at Danvers. It was a part of a countrywide concept, at least in the 1800s, that people with psychological problems needed to be cured inside specially made facilities. Construction on Danvers State Hospital started in 1874, and the first patients moved in sometime in 1878. At its peak, the facility had 40 buildings and maxed out at 450 patients. The goal of the facility was to completely cure patients of their illnesses. At first, Danvers was a success. By 1900, Danvers State Hospital employed 125 people and had treated more than 9,500 patients since opening. Its good reputation proved to be Danvers' undoing. Over the next 20 years, the population of the hospital swelled to more than 2,000 patients, despite only the official capacity of 450. Administrators begged the state for more money to build more rooms and hire more staff, but that help never came. Then the horrific abuse started. Patients walked the hallways completely nude. They lived in their own filth from a lack of basic hygiene. People weren't getting cured. Even worse, their symptoms got even worse. This is just an awful, awful place. All right, continuing on. Shock therapy and straight jackets became the norm. 
The thinking was that the jolts of electricity administered could either alter a a patient's brain or make the patient afraid of shock therapy and scare them into submission. How awful. When they misbehaved, they were put into straitjackets and left and forgotten. When shock therapy failed, the lobotomies started. In 1939, the medical community was looking for a permanent fix to the crisis facing mental health facilities. The population of the hospital swelled to 2,360, and a total of 278 people died at the hospital just that year. Medical science saw lobotomies as a cure for anyone's insanity and a way to stop the deaths. Neurology experts often called Danvers State Hospital the birthplace of the prefrontal lobotomy. The moniker came from its widespread use, but also from the procedures and the refinement of the hospital. Visitors to Danvers State Hospital in the early 1940s reported lobotomy patients wandering aimlessly through the halls of the hospital. The patients didn't complain. Why, you might ask? because many of them just stared blankly at the walls. Patients walked around in a drugged, hellish daze. No one would let them leave, and the patients were held against their will. That is, if they could even express that that was their will, after having a portion of their brain removed during the surgery. The lack of funding continued. Buildings fell into disrepair, which made conditions even worse. Finally, when the state intervened and portions of the Danvers State Hospital were actually shut down in 1969. Then fast forward during the 1980s, reports began to to filter out of the hospital about some missing teenager patients. One account states that upward of 115 patients had disappeared within just three months. That is crazy. The hospital never spoke out about it publicly because their closure was imminent. So they just decided not to talk about it. That's disgusting. When staff were questioned about where the patients were going, the only answer was these patients had been assigned a new doctor. The missing patients of Danvers were never found, and it remains a mystery to this day what had actually happened to them. No bodies were recovered, and the staff of Danvers remained tight-lipped about their closure. Most of this ominous hospital closed in 1985 before it became permanently shut down in 1992. After that, the site became a popular destination for thrill-seeking kids looking for a good scare. Visitors to the property reporting screaming, banging, and crying The cemeteries are also hotbeds of paranormal activity in which apparitions are commonplace and disembodied voices are the only sounds you hear. Visitors often report seeing a deep black shadow. Others see a grayish mist moving slowly around following people who come onto the site. In 2005, a development company bought the rundown property and tore down a large portion of the buildings. The renovations turned the once macabre lunatic asylum into Avalon Danvers Apartments. Construction faced delays in 2007, 
when a mysterious fire broke out and burned the majority of the new construction and some trailers. Perhaps the tormented spirits of the dead put a curse on the place. That's what I think. I would be mad. The only remnants of the horrific practices that went on at Danvers State Hospital are the gravestones in two nearby cemeteries, which contain 770 bodies. Some headstones only have numbers as opposed to names, even in death. Administrators at Danvers State Hospital did not dignify their patients. Well, my spooky friends, that is all she wrote today. If you wish to lend your support to the podcast, remember to subscribe on your preferred platform and follow me on Instagram at After the Ever. If you have some eerie chronicles or Anything to share or suggestions for future episodes, do not hesitate to reach out. Stay spooky and to the Wolfman. Oh!